0: On this episode of the Increase Theology podcast, we're going to go through the basics of the gospel. This is the most important topic that anyone could ever cover because the gospel, this, this topic of the gospel is what brings sinners from death to life. This is the message that brings um, people as enemies of God to now be friends of God and people to, that were once slaves to sin to be God's children. So Andrew and I, Nathaniel, are going to go through the basics of the gospel, just talk about what it is. It's going to be more of a teaching, more than preaching the gospel today. And then we're going to touch on some, some of the effects of the gospel and how the gospel will transform the believer's life. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Increase Theology podcast, helping you increase in the knowledge of God.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Increase Theology podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about why does the gospel matter to me? And um, I'm Andrew Coldsmith, and I'm here with, I'm going to be interviewing uh, Nathaniel Holshizer. Hello. So, I guess to start off, why does the gospel matter to me? Why should it matter to me or to
0: anyone else? Yeah, I mean, the gospel, right, simply is just, good news right that's just what the word gospel means it's the good news of god it's his message to us and and so if god speaks that in of itself should just be enough for it to matter to us and for us to care about it um but you know maybe maybe we're thinking of it also from a perspective of you know maybe i'm already a christian maybe I'm, i'm already a professing believer maybe i'm already saved and now i'm wondering hmm so why does this gospel matter to me? Um, or maybe you're here and on this podcast listening and and you're thinking to yourself, hmm, I don't know where I stand with the Lord. I don't know what his message is to me. I don't know really what this gospel is, right? So, you know, you picture yourself, you know, maybe talking to someone and and they, and in the conversation, the word gospel comes up and, and they ask you, what is the gospel? What are you going to say? You know, and maybe there's some ideas coming in your head, you know, what is the gospel? What would you say to that? Maybe you're thinking of like John 3.16, that's a great verse to go to about the gospel. Um, or maybe you're thinking of some analogies or stories related to the gospel as well. Um, that's always good. Um, so what is the gospel? Um, but that's what we want to talk about today on today's podcast is, um, what is the gospel? And the way I have it broken down is, into the the five question words that you know you might hear in school, right? The who, what, where, when, why, and how of the gospel. And that's how we're going to divide today's podcast. Our our goal is less about just preaching to you about what the gospel is and and just saying, you know, you need to repent um, as much as important as that message is. Our goal for today is less about preaching the gospel and more about teaching through the gospel. What is the gospel? And hopefully, as we go through this, who, what, where, when, why, how of the gospel, we'll have a greater understanding of what the gospel is. So then we'd be able to, you know, if our friend comes up and asks us, what is the gospel? We'd be able to effectively teach them what the gospel is. So then let's start with who. Who is the gospel about and who is it for? Yeah. Who is the gospel about? Well, I say it's about two people. You could argue maybe more, but mainly it's about two people, right? Well, first of all, it's about God, right? It's his message of good news to us. Um, Who is God? He's a holy and just God, um, which means he's perfect in all that he does and that he's sinless. He's holy. Um, John writes about this in, in his letter in 1 John says, you know, this is the message we have heard and declared to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God is just perfect. And everything that he does in fact he can't be around something that's not perfect Um, he can't be around something that's sinful Um, and that's who God is that's the first character in this gospel story but then the second character in this gospel story is you it's me and it's all of humanity Um, we're the we're the second person in this gospel story and unlike God who is holy and just and sinless we are actually the opposite of that we're sinners and in fact our sin and our decisions that we've made and and all the actions that we've done have offended god for just reasons because of our sin right and solomon talked about this back in the times of the old testament there's no one who does not sin romans 3 23 for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god and that's the state that you and i are in is that we've offended a holy and just god with our sin and this God cannot be around sin and the story of the gospel is how can those two parties who are at enmity with each other you and me and all humanity and God how can we be reconciled and so that's the who's involved with the gospel you me and all of humanity and then the holy just and righteous and sinless God so I guess we can move on to um
1: what is the gospel
0: yeah, what is the gospel, right? So, again, the analogy I used earlier, right? Your friend comes up to you and says, what is the gospel? What are you going to say? There's a number of things you could say. I would suggest one verse from the New Testament. Romans 1.16 as a great answer to that question. Paul summarizes the gospel really in just a few words. In Romans 1.16, he says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, right? So right there in the verse, you get the definition of what the gospel is. Right? It's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So let's break that down a little bit. Right? The power of God. So God has the ability and God has the authority, being the holy and righteous and all-powerful God. He has the ability to save, and he has the authority to save. He's able to save you, and he has the authority to save you from your sins. It's the power of God for salvation. Right? So salvation's a Big fancy word that we don't use as often nowadays, but it just means to be saved, right? The power of God to save everyone who believes. So, the power of God for salvation to everyone, right? So, this is to, it's offered to everyone, but it's to those who believe that actually receive the gift of salvation. It It is offered to everyone, but salvation goes to those who believe. And the idea of belief is trust, putting your faith in something that you're, you're willing to, you know, you're willing to bet on it, that God has the power um, to save everyone who believes. And what are we being saved from? That's what we have to understand. We're being saved from judgment that we rightfully deserve. Because again, as we said earlier, you, me, and all humanity are all sinful, and we've offended the holy and righteous God. So again, if your friend walks up to you and says, what is the gospel? A good answer would be the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes
1: so if we've been saved where did this happen and when did it happen
0: yeah so we covered the who we covered the what and the next question is where and then when right so where well it really goes back to calvary right Golgotha. it's this hill outside of jerusalem right known as the skull because this is where criminals were crucified this is what the romans did back then and it was at this place that jesus himself was crucified now, Jesus didn't do anything wrong. He was God made flesh. He was perfect. He was sinless. And yet, Jesus became our substitute. It was here that Jesus bore our sins. And he took the judgment of God on that cross. And we rightfully deserve God's judgment, but he bore that judgment for us. That's where it all happened, was at this place, Calvary, where he bore the wrath of God for our sins. This happened about 2,000 years ago. That's, about the, that's a, the when question, right? about 2,000 years ago. Galatians 4.4 says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Okay, so you think about what's going on in this time period. The Romans are, at, are in power. They're ruling the known world. Right now, you know, there is a huge population boom going on at this time of history. At this time of history, you know, writing has now become a lot easier because now they're using papyrus Right? So now information can be spread a lot easier. The Romans are now making roads and transportation's a lot easier across all of that area of the world or the Mediterranean. And so now information can be spread so much faster. And it was at this time that God sent forth his son. So when the fullness of time, had come, God sent forth his son. But it's not just the fullness of time because of what's going on in the Roman world or anything like that. It's also because there's all these prophecies in the Old Testament that are just showing you pointing to Christ. You can look at Isaiah 53. You can look at the prophecies of Daniel. You can look at the prophecies of Zechariah or Micah or any of these prophecies that are speaking of this Messiah that's going to come. And this was the fullness of time that came. At this time, God sent forth the Son. So where did this happen? Calvary, right? When it happened about 2,000 years ago when the fullness of time came. You know, Calvary is just so important. This is why we can sing songs about, uh, about Calvary, like in Christ alone, right? Till on the cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. It was at this cross that God's wrath was satisfied. And so we can be so thankful for what happened there on Calvary about 2,000 years ago.
1: So if we were so sinful, then why, why would God send his son into the world?
0: Yeah. Why would he do that? Right. Why, why would the holy and righteous God want sinful you and me to be right with him? And why would he be willing to sacrifice and bear the sins that we rightfully deserved, that wrath that we rightfully deserved? Why would he do that? Right? Well, the answer to that, the question of why, is hidden right in the, right in the most popular verse ever. Right? John three sixteen, For God so loved the world... Right? That's why he did it, that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's because of his love, that God actually cared for you and me and all of humanity. He loved us, right? Romans says God shows his love in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Hopefully you understand that. Right, And maybe you've experienced, You maybe you just heard preachers, all they talk about is, oh, God is just so angry at you. Um, that's not the full story of who God is. Yes, God is upset with our sin, but God also is loving enough that he sent his son and bore the sin that we rightfully deserved on that cross. He's so loving, and we can't forget that. Right? How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. That's why God would do this. It's because of his love. I can't forget that. So, how would God,
1: How how is this possible? How is our sins being washed away possible? How does God do, go about doing this?
0: Yep, great question. So Romans is the book to turn to to understand how this whole salvation thing works. Particularly in Romans chapter 3, Romans 3:23 3, through 26, great passage to know. And Paul writes in Romans 3:23 and 26 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we see that all have sinned. But then he says and are justified by his grace as a gift, meaning we didn't earn this salvation, right? Christ did the, bore the sins, we didn't earn this, he bore it. He gets all the glory. You're justified by God's grace as a gift, as it says, right? You don't earn a gift. You're given a gift, you don't earn it. So we got to remember that. We are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Jesus uh, has brought us redemption. You think about this, man is in bondage to sin, And yet, Christ has redeemed us. He paid the price to free us from sin. It says in verse twenty-five, "Whom God put forth as a propitiation through His blood." Now, we don't really use the word propitiation so much in today's uh, context, but the word propitiation could be compared to substitution, right? That you took, He took our place on that cross. You think about like a substitute teacher, right? The teacher's gone but the substitute comes in and takes the place of the teacher. Similarly, Christ as our substitute, as our propitiation, it's an important word to know, propitiation, he was our substitute for those sins on the cross. And so Christ paid for my sins because I couldn't. I couldn't. There was nothing I could do. I can't earn my way to heaven, right? The wages of sin is death. I can buy that. The wages of sin is death. That's the wages I'm getting is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. I can't earn eternal life. That's a gift. Now, it says in this in this passage in uh, verse 25, it's to be received by faith. Notice it's not by works. It's not by works. You can't do anything to get it. It's received by faith. So the idea of propitiation and it being by faith is just so important. So because of this, it says in verse 25, this is, this was god, uh, this was to show god's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins it was to show his righteousness at the present time so he could be the just and the justifier of the one who has faith in jesus god can now righteously pass over your sins right would it be a good judge if if god was just to ignore sins you know like someone did a, some brutal crime and God just said, oh, I'm just going to ignore it, and you're just going to you know, dwell with me forever. Would that be just? Would that be just? No. But God can now righteously pass over sins if someone receives the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ by faith, because justice has been satisfied through Christ's work of propitiation or substitution. So now God can now righteously pass over sin to the one who accepts that gift, and he can be the just. He can be just and be the justifier of the one who puts his faith in Jesus. Romans three twenty three to twenty six is the big. It, it it really summarizes how God goes through this whole process of salvation. It really explains it. I know we only did this in a short time, but I encourage you, if you're listening, look into Romans three twenty three and twenty six and study it for yourself. Focus on the words propitiation. That you Jesus died as your substitute. Focus on the idea that's not by works, but it's through faith. Those are some key ideas to understanding how this whole salvation thing works.
1: So then, I guess we can move on to um, after you've repented and trusted in Jesus. Like, what do I do then? What what comes after that?
0: Yeah. So this is the state that so many people are in. I've heard so many stories of of people who just think, oh, you know, I'm a Christian now. I don't need a gospel message. I heard of a preacher who went to a, a church. He was a visiting speaker. And the elders of the church came up and said, what are you going to preach on today? And he said, oh, I thought I'd preach on the gospel. And they said, uh, well, we're all Christians here. We don't need to hear that. I just think that's so sad. Like, that's, that's not that, that's not how our attitude should be. For one thing, the story goes on that not everyone in that church was saved, and actually someone came and confessed their sins. Someone had been at the church for years and then realized they weren't saved. So we can't always just assume that everyone in our congregation is saved. So we always need to review this gospel. But secondly, we need to look back at um, how this whole salvation thing works. We need to hear this gospel message because this is the number one changing decision that any person can make is to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and repent. And this thing changes everything. It changes our attitudes. It changes our um, perspective on everything. Um, and so this is the thing we need to focus on, is the gospel of Christ. So yes, sir, sure, you've repented and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. What does the gospel mean to you now? In short, everything. It means everything. You have been radically changed. Let me just give you a few examples of how this is. Right, The Bible describes you as someone who is perishing, like you were dying, you, you were lost, right? The son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. You were lost and now you have been saved, right? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. That's how radically changed your, your situation is. You were lost in your sins. You were perishing in your sins. Now you're saved. The Bible talks about how you were in bondage And yet now you are redeemed, right? You, like you were chained, right? Mark talks about that the son came not to be, not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for money, uh, for many, excuse me, right? That you were in bondage, you were chained, like you were trapped, you were like in a prison cell and now you have been redeemed, right? Jesus paid that ransom price, right? we can sing of our redeemer we can praise our redeemer because he purchased us with his blood right it talks about how in the scriptures how we were guilty guilty before god and yet now we are forgiven and we can we can praise the lord that everything has been forgiven we were considered condemned as in like we were on like death row before god we were under his judge his wrath um and paul writes about that he made him who Knew no sin to be sin, so that in him those who trusted him might become the righteousness of God. And so you were condemned, but now you've been justified. Now you're declared righteous. You were declared guilty and you were condemned to death in the eyes of God, and now you are justified and declared righteous. Don't you see how radically different everything is? How radically we've been changed. It talks about how we were dead in our trespasses and sins, and now we've been given new life in the scriptures. We were corrupt. We were dead. And now we've been given new life. We've, we've experienced new birth. We've been regenerated. And it talks about in Peter that we have been born again. Born again. A whole new life. You see how radical that is? Like Jesus is talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. It's not just that, that Nicodemus needed just to be a little bit reformed in his life. He needed a whole new life. That's how, but that's what we were in. We didn't just need a little reform in our life. We needed a whole new life. That's how radical Christ's work on the cross through the gospel has been. We were once God's enemies, and now we have been reconciled. Let me read to you from Colossians 1. It says, you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. We were enemies. We were hostile in mind doing evil deeds, and now we have been reconciled. That's how radically different it is. Now we are not butting heads. We are now reconciled. Paul also writes that, you know, Christ died for us when we were his enemies. He writes about that in Romans. Right? He died for us when we were his enemies. And now through Christ, those who have trusted in him are now reconciled. Here's another one. The scriptures write about how we were considered unclean, meaning we were impure. We were not holy, but we were unclean, defiled, and now we have been made holy. The word for that is sanctified, and we could have a whole podcast just on the idea of sanctification, but just in short, the idea is that we've been made holy before God and we've been cleansed before God, right? Paul writes about how we've been washed and we've been sanctified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. We were once defiled in God's sight, and now we, ha- we can unite together in saying, we have been sanctified, we've been made holy before the holy God. And that's how we who were once sinners can now be made right with God in, His, uh, in holiness. The last one I'll just talk about briefly is Christ's work on the cross has made us who were considered, you know, we, we were mortal and earthly, and our bodies are still corrupted, right? We still experience sickness and disease from the experience of sin, but now we are glorified, right? So, Philippians talks about how God will transform our lower bodies into his glorious body, right? So, in the eyes of God, we're glorified, and you can check this out in the book of Romans. It talks about how those who he justified, he also glorified. It's as if in the eyes of God, even though we might not be in that state of glorification yet, yeah, our bodies are still falling apart and we're getting older. And but in God's eyes, we're already glorified. We were earthly, and now we're glorified. We will be like the Lord Jesus Christ in His um, in His glorified state. And so, the, the main thing I just want you to get from those is you've been just radically changed, right? The gospel can be as simple as the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, right? We talked about that. But yet, the effects of the gospel are so amazing even beyond anything you or I or anybody could ever imagine. Because we've been radically changed. When you put your faith in Lord Jesus Christ, if Lord willing you've done so, you were radically changed. And therefore, you need to act like it too, right? And so we need to act different because of that. But we've been radically changed. And we need to act that way because of the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for that, Nathaniel. We thank you for joining us for this podcast today. And we hope that you can join us next time. Have a good rest of your day.